Hello, welcome to the Basketball Soapbox. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm your host, Daniel Daly. Uh, thank you for all the support on the channel. Continue to like, comment, and subscribe as always. But let's get into Season 3, Episode 10. Uh, I'm going to be going around the NBA with a couple of contract extensions. Ime uh, Yudoka's return to the Boston Garden. Um, and looking at the Eastern All-Stars, uh, I'm going to be making some picks there, some predictions, and just giving my evaluation how I pick my All-Stars and, and, and try to come to and at least a consistent list on this. Got a paper over here with a bunch of notes and numbers on it from stats from players around the league um, in the Eastern Conference. So we'll be taking a look at that. But first, let's get into around in the NBA. Uh, first off, we got Kawhi Leonard uh, signing an extension with the Los Angeles Clippers for $153 million over three, uh, over three years there. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously a staple in the Los Angeles Clippers uh, organization over the past couple of years. Of course, we know he's a two-time finals MVP in his previous stops in San Antonio and uh, Toronto, uh, a defensive stalwart, just a robotic <laughs> machine out there on the basketball court gets to his spots uh very strong in his uh his game um no nonsense um straight to the point in every which way how Kawhi is on the court is how he's off the court straight to the point direct um and effective um his time there in uh, Los Angeles over the past five years he did miss one season that was I believe after the bubble um but he's a two-time All-Star during his time with the Los Angeles Clippers. Three playoff appearances, unfortunately, cut short, especially that uh, Western Conference Finals run there against the uh, Phoenix Suns there where he wasn't able to participate. And then last year going out early against the Suns, which really sucked because it seemed like they had the Suns number at that point in time. 25.1 um, points per game over his career in the Clippers, 6.6 .6, uh, rebounds, 4.5 assists. Um the thing about Kawhi is just his availability, and it's always at the wrong times, right? Like he's happened two times in the playoffs. He was on load management the past couple of years, and this year he's been able to play a lot um, more than he usually has over the course of the season playing back-to-backs. Um, he's been out recently with a little knick-knack injury, but um, overall has been steady this year and has been dominant, especially over this stretch with James Harden. Um, bringing him back over the course of December, and, and, and he's just been on a tear so far this season, but out of out of 328 possible games, he's only played 195 games. That's 59% of the games that are he's available, and especially during playoff time, that sucks when he's not available. But when he's available, Kawhi Leonard is obviously one of the top players in the NBA, top 10 for sure, um, with his effectiveness, his scoring, his defense, and still being able to be that guy when healthy. Um, looking at the contract for Kawhi Leonard, uh, looking at how – Flexible that is, especially with the cap and the second apron and all that stuff with the tax numbers and team, the NBA really hitting teams over the head with the collective bargaining agreement, seeing how he's only going to be making five more, uh, five more million dollars each year um, over the course of this contract. That's a that's that's a big win for the Los Angeles Clippers and um, provides flexibility in how they go forward I and mean, potentially um, resigning Paul George and retaining James Harden. We'll see if they're able to do that and see what numbers they're going to look at. Um, when those guys' contracts come up, obviously they've been talking to uh, Paul George throughout the uh, throughout before the season and and, and, and recently. Um, so looking to do that and probably not lock up uh, Paul George around the same numbers as uh, Kawhi Leonard as they look to go into the Intuit Dome, uh, which has already been uh, 
talked about as hosting the All-Star game, I believe, in 2026. So that's big news for the Los Angeles Clippers, big news for their fan base with the, the, the stadium opening up next year, um, hosting an All-Star game soon to come, and resigning Kawhi Leonard, um, hopefully resigning Paul George and looking to James Harden in the offseason, depending on how the offseason goes. And Kawhi Leonard taking this type of deal um, shortens up, one, that he's getting paid, that he's going to be there, and two, there's no uncertainty about his future and they can continue to go on with the rest of the season. Hopefully, we'll see what happens with the Los Angeles Clippers in the playoffs because we know um, that has been the issue. First of all, availability um, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And now looking at James Harden in that situation there, seeing if he can produce in the offseason, uh, in the postseason for the Los Angeles Clippers as they keep their title hopes open. Um, moving on to coaching news. Um, Eric Spolstra signing an extension with the Miami Heat, the Miami Mafia. Um, what else to say about Eric Spolstra? I always call him Spurs East. I call him Popovich East um, and that whole organization with the Miami Heat. Um, the Eastern Conference Spurs and Eric Spolstra has really carved himself out uh, a nice uh, a nice career there out there in Miami. Um, starting off there in 1997 as a video coordinator um, and has been with the Miami Heat organization for 27 years, 27 years. That was just a year after Pat Riley came in and took over down there as a uh, uh, head coach down there, leaving the New York Knicks in previous his stop. Um, but Eric Spolster has literally been with the Miami Heat probably since seven years after their inception and, and expansion into the NBA. Um, just looking at his career, 726 wins, 507 losses, 58 winning percentage, a two-time NBA champion, of course, with the Heatles, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and uh, Chris Bosh when the big three came down there to Miami. Um, and people questioned if he was going to be that type of coach to be able to handle those type of personalities. And even at one point, LeBron James kind of going up to Pat Riley and saying, hey, why don't you come back to coach um, after previously stepping down? Um looking at it from the standpoint of that for uh, Eric Spolstra to get through that and be able to coach those guys through that, get to four NBA finals appearances with the the, the big three, the Heatles, um, turning it around and has just been consistent ever since and has been able to get the most out of, uh, out of his guys, obviously to make two more finals appearances those years in the bubble. And just last year against the Denver Nuggets, um, falling short, but just getting the most out of guys like Max Struess and, and, and Tyler Hero, um, Caleb Martin, especially, and Gabe Vincent, guys of that, and just being able to wring everything out of those guys and use them precisely how they need to be needed in order to be successful. Obviously, getting contracts to Son Whiteside was another guy like that. Um, Gabe Vincent recently just did that. Max Struess just did that as he uh, went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So a bunch of guys that have gotten paid because of the Miami Heat culture and what they have done there with Alonzo Mourning, um, Bob McAdoo, Pat Riley, Mickey Harrison, all those guys down there in Miami. And you're looking at the consistency of Spo um, down there and just able to just continue. As I said, he's Popovich East to me. Um, just getting the most out of his guys and being consistent. Um, no nonsense, not afraid to challenge guys. And he has the backing of that organization. And I wouldn't be surprised after this eight-year, $120 million contract that he eventually either still coaching or he be, uh, takes Pat Riley's job as president at some point in the Miami Heat organization. I don't see him leaving 
Um, that's just the way they do things there. And congratulations, Spo. He has been one of the best coaches for a long time, consistent. Um, the Miami Heat are like zombies in the Eastern Conference. They're never going to go away. I believe they are fifth right now in the Eastern Conference after making no moves, after not getting Donovan Mitchell. Um, crazy. Just consistency at its highest in the NBA and to have NBA championship experience, get to the finals, uh, be a thorn in the Celtics side for a long ass time. Um, congratulations to Spo and just just a commitment to excellence with that franchise and that organization and looking at what he's able to do down there. Uh, more coaching news. Uh, Ime Udoku made his return to the Boston Garden with the Houston Rockets. Um, had a 51-31 record with the Boston Celtics his first year, um, being the head coach that uh, Brad Stevens hired as soon as he got the job from Danny Ainge. Um, Ime Udoko, obviously from the Greg Popovich tree, went to New Jersey. He was in Philly um, as an assistant and came to the Boston Celtics, had Team USA experience with those guys, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Kimball Walker at the time, and came in and got off to a little bit of a rough start. Everyone was questioning him and um, had their doubts, of course, as <laughs> pessimistic as the Boston Celtics fan base is at times, um, but was able to turn it around, change that defense with Robert Williams, um, Marcus Smart, and those guys, and really put the the calling card on the defensive end inside the ball. Um, and it worked. It worked. We got to the NBA Finals, unfortunately falling short to the Golden State Warriors in six in 2022. Um, and once we saw that chain turn around with the team and saw where they were going forward, instantly thought, hey, we're going to get back to the NBA Finals, no question. And unfortunately, um, Ime Yudoka was suspended the 2022-2023 season um, for team, uh, for uh, conduct detrimental to the team. Um, it started off as nobody knowing what was going on. Allegedly, it came out. Um, some advances were made towards a coworker, whatever the case may be, um, and just really soured the last season and really left us with all questions like, this guy just got us to the finals. We're supposed to be on the up and up. Of course, they brought in Joe Missoula, who was unknown, faced the same scrutiny as the team struggled at times, um, got all the way back to the Eastern Conference Finals. People complained all through the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs about the Celtics eventually falling short to the Miami Heat, which really sucked last year, as I just talked about, Eric Spolstra. Um, and everybody was like, why isn't he made the coach? And even I said that. I was like, I felt like even with all that going on, I still felt like Ime Yudoga should have been the head coach. Felt like he should have been suspended for a little bit and then came back, water underneath the bridge and move forward. But obviously something was going on internally with the Boston Celtics that they just felt like they needed to move on and distance themselves from Ime Yudoka in that situation. And which led to this new course of the Joe Missoula era getting an extension, becoming the head coach during last season, uh, late last season. Um, uh, but that didn't stop me. Doka ended up um, sitting out last year and then ended up getting a coaching job on August, uh, my bad, April, April 27th there, 2023, to become the head coach of the Houston Rockets, where he has really taken over that team and has beaten expectations so far to start the season. Um, currently 19 and 19, they just dropped again to the Celtics 145 to 113 um, there. And just seeing how good of a coach he is, I knew Houston – Got to win with that uh, coaching hire, especially after the James Harden, Mike D'Antoni era, uh, Stephen Silas era um, of uncertainty. They got a guy in there that they know can produce and get results out of young guys and stuff like that. And he seems to be doing that with Alfred Sengun and, and Jabari Smith uh, Jr. down there. 
um, and that team so far down there. So kudos to him for doing that. And I knew he was going to get back on his feet. Um, seems to fit Houston like a glove, and we'll see what con- uh, continued success they have. But uh, continuing, he did mention how he had relationships with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and those guys. He was at Marcus Smart's wedding in, in the offseason. Um, so he's still tied to Boston and still has uh, contact with the guys in Boston. And the Boston media try to pry answers out of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen Brown obviously more willing to speak than Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum played down to it and just said, hey, I was going to see my son down there when they were asking him. It looked like he was walking towards the uh, Rockets locker room to talk to Eme and stuff like that um, as Jason Tatum got ejected from the game tonight. But um, interesting interesting enough, um, looking at Jalen Brown's answer and deciding how he said, you guys, the media made it seem like it was bigger than what it actually was. And that's how everyone felt at the time, especially Boston Celtics fans. They were like, is this really something to that degree where it was demonic and stuff like that? And it was like, it didn't, it wasn't to that degree that they were making it sound like it was. Um, and saying the players knew, Ime Adoka also said that the players knew what was going on. They were just kind of just playing denying and playing low um, as the media had a bunch of questions, rightfully so, right? If something was happening like that, you want to handle it privately and stuff like that. Um, but Ime Adoka definitely had an impact on the players here. Um, definitely had an impact on the culture of Boston changing it, continuing to change it. And he's looked like he's doing that in Houston. But um, kudos to him for down there in Houston. And hopefully he gets success down there in Houston, just not against us <laughs> as currently as we saw tonight. Um, but, yeah, um, Ime Odoka returned to the Garden, um, bringing up memories of the past, um, relationships and stuff like that. And hopefully everyone can continue to move on and continue to have success. Okay, NBA All-Stars happening next month in Indianapolis, uh, and it's coming to that time where the first couple of fan votes are coming in and stuff like that of that nature. I have a paper here of literally uh, all the Eastern Conference All-Stars who I think are in consideration, and basically I just went through um, each team's record in the Eastern Conference looked at what players they had and said, hey, should they be NBA All-Stars? Should they be in the conversation to being NBA All-Stars? And that's basically um, how I went about it and just went through the teams, looked at the best players and said, hey, they can deserve consideration, wrote them down, wrote their stats there, and decided to have locks. I I did also uh, go through this list and say, hey, these guys are locks to make the All-Star game and – who's not locks, I try to talk about and see what's going on with them and seeing if they should be added to the game in Indianapolis there. Uh, First off, let's go with Boston, obviously the top team in the Eastern Conference there. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Christoph Porzingis, and Derek White should be considered for all-star appearances. And Jason Tatum obviously leading the charge. When I wrote these numbers, they're going to be a little bit day behind. Um, But still – Jason Tatum, 35 games on the season, 27.4 points per game, 8.3 rebounds and 4.4 assists. Obviously, the number one on the Boston Celtics um, leading the charge just came out with the JT2s. Um, Obviously, perennial all-star, all-NBA. Obviously, the leader of the Boston Celtics has been playing well and has been bidding up big numbers. Uh, We go to Jalen Brown, uh, 36 games played on the season, 23.1 points per game, 5.2 rebounds and 3.5 assists. 
looking at what he has done over the course of the season, he has nine 30 point games on the season. And that's very uh, uh, impressive during the shot, the, the, because of the shot distribution on the Celtics between Derek White, Drew Holiday, <laughs> Jason Tatum, Christoph Porzingis, um, all these guys with mouths to feed. And then he still finds a way to be that efficient on offense and has been cooking of late and has been really leading the charge where I think he should get more fan votes. So do your fan, do yourself a favor, Boston Celtics fans, and continue to vote Jalen Brown so it's no wishy-washy and make sure that he gets into the All-Star game. Um, looking at Christoph Porzingis, who came over in the offseason, 28 games so far in the season, 19.3 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, and 1.8 blocks. And looking at what he's been able to do on the side of the Boston Celtics offense and really open up things on that end, has been able to shoot the ball. And that's really big to, been the big thing. Um, I think he's just an upgrade over Horford at this point, um, just a more athletic version of Horford, um, longer obviously. But they do the same things kind of similarly on the offensive end, but he's able to finish at the hoop. So that's another added addition to um, Christoph Porzingis in the Boston Celtics offense. Um, moving on to Derek White, who people don't think as a clear-cut superstar in this league or a star and stuff like that. And I kind of – look at him as a Draymond Green in terms of what his role is and what he does for that basketball team. 35 games on the season, 15.8 points per game, 4.0 rebounds, five assists a game, 1.1 steals and 1.1 blocks. Like this guy gets blocks <laughs> and just makes, as a guard, he gets blocks and just able to make chase down blocks, get in front of guys, deny their shot. And what he's been able to do with Drew Holiday in that backcourt so far in the season has giving him a little all-star buzz. Like people are looking at him to say he should get a chance to go to Indianapolis and be an all-star. And he just does all the little things, all the intangible things that don't show up on the stat sheet and affects the stat sheet. Um, can't speak enough about uh, Derek White and what he has done this season and how he's approved in his role and has really taken the reins of that backcourt with Drew Holiday and making an impact on this Boston Celtics team. Um, moving on to the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Damian, Damian Lillard. Uh, looking at Giannis, obviously he's going to be in the All-Star game. There's no question. Barrett barring injury, he's going to be in the All-Star game. Um, 37 games on the season, season 31.2 points per game, 11.5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.2 blocks. He's just a dynamo and former champion, former MVP, former defensive player of the year. Shall I go on? Like uh, He's been playing great. Um, looking at Damian Lillard, 35 points per uh, 35 uh, games on the season, 25 points per game, 6.8 assists, 4.3 rebounds. And they have gotten the Milwaukee Bucks. These two guys have gotten their offense better. Right. Like that was the main concern, especially over the last season when they couldn't make enough threes and shoot enough against the Miami Heat and be that consistent team that we've seen in the past. And Damian Lillard has come there and has fixed their offense, but their defense seems to be a little shaky. But these guys are playing well. Um, the, the combination has worked. They're second in the Eastern Conference. Can't complain much there. Um, moving on to Philadelphia, two guys that I definitely deserve um, all-star consideration is Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Joel Embiid, uh, 27 games on the season, leading the NBA in scoring with 34.6 points per game, 11.8 point, uh, rebounds a game, six assists. That's a bright spot in Nick Nurse's offense where he's getting more assists, finding those, getting out of those double teams and uh, uh, finding guys to hit open shots and getting two blocks a game. He is obviously um, a top MVP, uh, top MVP uh, 
nominee um, heading into the season, and he has been playing well, and especially after the James Harden fiasco, the Ben Simmons fiasco. Um, he just wants to get back to the playoffs and prove that he can win on a high level. And his backcourt uh, mate there, uh, Tyrese Maxey, has been a dynamo scoring crazy and be picking up that offense from James Harden and what was expected that James Harden leaving that could Tyrese Maxey fill the void there. And so far, Tyrese Maxey has been able to do that. Um, 26.2 points per game and 6.7 assists. We didn't think he had that playmaking this game to this degree. Um, so for him to do that alongside Joel Embiid and has been able to play without Joel Embiid while Joel Embiid has missed some games. And Joel Embiid, I think he only he can only miss seven more games. Um, and he might be done for all NBA consideration. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. The 65 games cap is going to get interesting and see how they uh, adjust with that. Um, moving on to Indiana, Tyrus Halliburton, fourth in the Eastern Conference there uh, with the Pacers. Uh, 33 games. He got hurt recently, which sucked. Hopefully he's back before the All-Star game. I'm pretty sure he's going to get in. Um, seeing how he's the hometown kid for the Indiana Pacers, 26 point, uh, 23.6 points per game, 12.5 assists, 4.2 rebounds, and 1.1 steals. He literally – and the, I, I think people forget that Indiana was in fourth place before he went down last year um, towards the end of the season. he was They were the Indiana Pacers in fourth place, and then obviously he got hurt and they fell out. Um he gives them life. He gives that franchise life. He gives that fan base life um, a different vibe, and especially Rick Carlisle, how they're playing and just playing fast. He's moving the ball, shooting the ball. Um, I love that he looked at uh, Wally Zerbiak and that during that game against the Knicks and said, hey, you see me now? <laughs> I'm an all-star now. Um, so looking at it from that standpoint of uh, Tyrese Halliburton and what he's doing in Indiana, kudos to him and definitely should be in Indiana as I get to my locks in a moment. Um, continuing looking at the New York Knicks, um, two guys that deserve con uh, all-star consideration is Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Um, Jalen Brunson has been fantastic for the New York Knicks in a team that has needed a guard since probably the Patrick Ewing, Mark Jackson days, that they needed a point guard. Yes, they had Jason Kidd there for a little bit. They had Chauncey Billups there for a little bit. But those guys were older, on their way out. Um, looking at what Jalen Brunson does, the ability to get to his spots, to have consistent scoring, consistent, efficient scoring for the New York Knicks, which is not usually the case for the guards um, in New York Knicks history. But looking at what Jalen Brunson has been able to do, 38 games on the season, 25.8 points per game, 6.4 assists, and 1.1 steals, just tough, rugged, um, running that Tibbs offense. And really getting the most out of the New York Knicks right now as they continue to try to impress and try to move up. And has Kendrick Perkins talking crazy on TV saying they're the second best Eastern Conference team? Slow down, Perk. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Milwaukee and Philly are still in front of them. Um, but Jalen Brunson, no um, shade to him. He's playing fantastic for them and looking fantastic out there in the garden. Uh Another guy that uh, has turned around his season, which was he was shooting uh, uh, tour dates, they were calling them. Uh, Julius Randle uh, with a shooting uh, tour dates, four for 12, four for 18, five for 26. Crazy numbers during the start of the season, but has turned it around so far. 38 games on the season, 24.4 points per game, 9.2 rebounds, 4.8 assists. Getting back to that all NBA uh, level that we saw a couple years ago, they made that run uh, in the playoffs. Um 
and has Stephen A. Smith going crazy and stuff like that. And time still has his ISO moments where he has his blinders on and might make a bonehead play, take a couple bad hand shots. But overall, playing with Jalen Brunson, I think he trusts Jalen Brunson a little bit more than R.J. Barrett. Um, and the Knicks have been able to play well. I believe they are 6-2 and two with O.G. Ananobi since the trade there. Um, so some positive things, some modernization to their offense, and those two guys are definitely reaping the benefits of it um, heading forward. Um, heading to Cleveland, um, Donovan Mitchell is the obvious choice here. 28 games on the season, 28.8 points per game, 5.7 assists, 5.5 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell is a good player in the NBA. Um, should be an all-star consideration. Um has been hurt a little bit this year, crazy injuries. Um, but Cleveland has been able to stay afloat throughout uh, the Mitchell injuries, Darius Garland injuries, Evan Mobley injuries, Jared Allen was out for a little bit. Uh, so they've been able to stay afloat. So somehow they're doing it, and Donovan Mitchell, whether he's traded at some point um, before the trade deadline or whatever, um, definitely deserves all-star consideration with his play and how he's playing. Um, moving on to the Miami Heat. Uh, we have uh, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Um, 24 games on the season might hurt Jimmy Butler, as he's always usually um, kind of skate, kind of crossing that line there with games played in one of the All-Star appearances. And he shouldn't be in an All-Star game. He barely plays in the All-Star game. That's just one number one, but he does deserve consideration. 24 games on the season, 21 points. Five rebounds, 4.5 assists. Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. But, man, save him. Be, let him get rest for the playoffs. He doesn't need to go to the All-Star game. He doesn't need to go. But his counterpart, Bam Adebayo, should be in the All-Star game. Uh, 27 games on the season, 21, uh, 22.1 points per game, um, 10.4 rebounds and four assists, 1.1 steals and one block. Um, obviously, just doing being a man-child there for the Miami Heat, especially on defense. Um feel like he got slided for a defensive player of the year a couple times. Um, but really bringing it on offense and up in his scoring as well. Um, just playing tough down there for Miami. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about those two guys, but uh, I'll definitely pick Bam out of bio over Jimmy Butler if I was picking an all-star. Moving on to the Orlando Magic, who have been a surprise this season, have stepped up. Uh, Paulo Banchero uh, should definitely get the nod at all-star. Um, consideration 37 games on the season has been consistent as hell for the Orlando Magic. Um, him and Franz Wagner, and Franz Wagner would have been on this list, uh, but has been injured a little bit and has been out. Um, but uh, to talk about Paulo, uh, 22.9 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, 4.8 assists, and this is doing it without a point guard in Orlando and has just been ripping on a tear and has been a man child. Uh, over the course of the season for the Orlando Magic and should definitely get consideration uh, for All-Star. Moving on to the Chicago Bulls, who I didn't think would get any All-Stars, but given their current situation, um, looking at how Kobe White has played, looking at how DeMar DeRozan has played, those are two guys that I think should get um, some NBA All-Star consideration. Uh, Kobe White has been crazy this season after signing that extension. I believe seven, uh, no, three years, $21 million um, extension. Um, people were considered saying he should be traded. He's not going to fit. He's not going to work out there. Uh, but so far has been playing really well for the Chicago Bulls, especially in Zach Levine's absence. He just recently came back, I believe, they're four and one. 
since he, uh, Zach Levine has came back. But 18.5 points per game, 4.9 assists, 4.5 rebounds for Kobe White. Um, playing really good. And the other guys, DeMar DeRozan, 37 games on the season, 22 points per game, 5.4 assists. What else is there to say? I'm not going to have any all-star guys from the Nets. Mikael Bridges would be considered, but no, I just don't think there's enough mustard there. Um, Toronto will not be getting any all-stars. Sorry, Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. Sorry. Um, Charlotte Hornets, no. Washington Wizards, no. And the Detroit Pistons, you know the deal. But a guy that is under 500 and I think deserves a look at is Trey Young. Because despite how bad and crappy the Atlanta Hawks look, he is their best player, and he is putting up some numbers. 27.8 points per game, 11 assists per game, and 1.4 steals with 34 games on the season. Love him or hate him, um, he definitely deserves some consideration there, um, down there in Atlanta. He he definitely does, despite how crappy their team is. So we'll see if he makes the All-Star. But moving on to... My all-star conference locks, Eastern Conference locks, guys that I'm picking to be locks for the Eastern Conference. There we go. Uh, Looking at the locks here for uh, the Eastern Conference, I have Jason Tatum, of course, leading the Boston Celtics number one team in the Eastern Conference with Jalen Brown. Obviously, those two guys there. Uh, Giannis and Damian Lillard from the Milwaukee Bucks. I got Embiid and Maxi from the Philadelphia 76ers. I have Halliburton, I have Brunson, and I have Adebayo. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. That means there's three more spots left in the Eastern Conference. So looking around here, we got Porzingis, we got White, we got Paulo Bencaro, we got White, DeRozan. Uh, Kobe White from the Chicago Bulls. We got Trey Young. We have Julius Randle, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, Derek White, and Porzingis. So looking at those guys, those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys for three spots. Now, seeing how we have one, two, three, four front court players, we have one, two, three, four, five backcourt players. So we're looking to mix it up here. Um, Guys that I think would most likely get in. uh, Looking at what Donovan Mitchell is doing, if he plays more games and continues, I don't see him not getting in, right? Like he's a consistent scorer for the Cavs. They really don't have anybody else. It's really done by committee there. I can see him easily getting in. Julius Randle, do the Knicks deserve two All-Stars? And if Julius Randle continues on this all-NBA path, I say, why not? They're both playing well. They're both contributing to the New York Knicks' success. So Julius Randle will be that next guy. Looking at Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure he gets in just from a point standpoint. And Bam Adebayo has been the guy. Uh, Tyler Hero's the leading scorer. I don't see Jimmy Butler getting in. Moving on to Paulo Bancaro. So we have locks for Donovan Mitchell now. We have Bam out of bio. That means there's one spot left. One spot left. So that's between Paulo Bencaro, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, and Kobe White. I don't think Kobe White or DeMar DeRozan are going to get in. I just don't think so. Um, looking at Paulo Bencaro, who has been playing Fantastic for the Orlando Magic. They're above 500. They were the tied for the fifth seed at one point. And looking at what he's done for the season, 
and being above 500, having the better team. I'm going to give the nod to Paulo Bencaro over Trey Young. And it's simply because I think the Atlanta Hawks have been underperforming and have been just playing like dog shit. <laughs> and that's with Trey Young and De- DeJounte Murray there. Um, they have DeAndre Hunter there. They have a team there. They have a squad there in Atlanta and have been playing like crap and are not good. Bogdan Bondanovich, Clint Capella, um, A.J. Griffin has come up. Jalen Johnson has come up. They have some guys there in Atlanta where they should be better, and they're not. They're not. So looking at it from that standpoint, I don't have my pen here. I got the All-Stars filling out there with Paulo Banchero, Julius Randle, and Donovan Mitchell. Those will be my guys. Sorry, I don't know if I can put Derek White in there. I would love for Derek White to get in there, especially the way he's been playing and how consistent as he has been playing. Definitely getting some all-star buzz. Porzingis, um, I don't know if he's going to get in as well just because of games and stuff like that and impact. But looking at it from right now, my all-stars are Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Bam Adebayo, Paulo Bencaro. Those are my all-stars for the Eastern Conference. Um, and guys that can argue with, I don't think Kobe White's going to get in. He's just too young and just what he's doing in Chicago. DeMar DeRozan, I don't think he's making enough impact out there in Chicago um, to warrant that. Um, looking at, oh, wait, uh, Tyrus Halliburton. So, wait, yep, and Tyrus Halliburton is also getting in. So looking at it from that standpoint, I just don't see. I just don't see. Yeah, I just don't see those guys getting in, and I don't see. I don't think Trey Young is playing well enough to get in into the All Star game, despite his numbers, despite his uh, numbers that he's putting out out there. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, but that will do it for this episode of the Basketball Soapbox. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, stay tuned for next week as I continue to go around notes with the NBA and look at the Western Conference, which was a dogfight as well. Um, be putting that up next week as well. So we'll get to that. Um, but thank you guys for joining me. And until next time.